My Legal Club provides full legal support when you require it. Enjoy savings and rewards all year round when you don't. You do not need to be a member of My Legal Club to benefit from free legal advice from our highly recommended specialist solicitors. When you or a loved one requires legal advice and a solicitor, we can help you in every area of law. We also offer a unique alternative. Sign up to our free trial and you will receive up to 25% off legal fees, 15% off legal documents, £20 restaurant vouchers for leading UK restaurants, savings and rewards with leading UK brands, a free online will, free dash cam and much, much more. As an example of how we help our members, they have saved on average over £500 plus by using My Legal Club for personal injury claims compared to many solicitors who deduct 25% of your compensation. If you or a loved one needs legal support, contact us at mylegalclub.co.uk for free consultations and no obligation quotes with highly recommended solicitors. Sign up to our free trial to receive all the free discounts and our membership benefits. Welcome to the MLC show in association with My Legal Club. I am your host, Sean Rogers, and I am delighted to be joined on today's show by Lynn James. Lynn runs the blog, Mrs. Mummy Penny, after quitting the corporate world to start her own business. Lynn's background is in commercial finance after qualifying as an accountant. The Mrs. Mummy Penny website is a blog all about personal finance, healthy wealth, body and mind. We're recording this uh, in the height of the, or what we hope is the height of the coronavirus um, situation. It's the 20th of March. We're pre-recording the show. Um, I hope everyone is well. I myself am in self-isolation. Lynn very kindly has agreed to join us via Skype. So if there's not the usual quality of audio or video, that is my fault due to being ill. Um, I hope everyone is staying well through these difficult times and I hope this gives you some great content to listen to. Um, Lynn, let's start at the beginning. What were your school days like and what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, cool. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, so my school days, right, so I've always been a big maths geek. I loved maths since the age of eight or nine and, and all my teachers identified I was really good at it. So um, I think when somebody tells you you're really good at something, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go for this. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I always wanted to do something to do with maths. Um, so it sort of carried on through school and I went off to uh, university to do a maths degree as well. And um, that sort of put me on a course for some kind of job linked to being mathematics and of course what did I end up being but an accountant uh, a nice safe career um, which oh, why did I go into being an accountant so a really a really weird thing happened to me at university and this is where I'm me meandering off now so um I uh, did a four-year degree where I worked for a year of my degree and uh, that was really great because it earned me a little bit of money and I got some really good experience working for Marks and Spencers. Um, so I was meant to um, go join Marks and Spencers as a graduate um, to run one of their shops or to help with running finance in one of their shops anyway and um, it was this was 1999 uh, giving away my age a little bit there and um, M&S were in quite a lot of financial trouble then, so they got rid of all their graduates. Um, and I was I was then like, ah, oh, 
so I did have a graduate job where I was going to go off work for Marks and Spencers and, and then I didn't. But all these companies just came to Marks and Spencers and said, oh, we'll have your graduates if you don't want them. So I, I had the choice of about 15 companies to choose from. And I ended up choosing HSBC because, and I'll be very honest here, they offered the most money. <laughs> <laughs> and they offered me to me to do a SEMA qualification. So, yeah, that's what I ended up doing. I went in to work for HSBC, age 22, because they paid a good check and also gave me a good qualification. So was it literally as, as simple as being good at maths? You know, like, like you said, quite correctly, people, um, you probably knew you were good at maths. People are commenting on the fact that you're good at maths. Was is it something that you think you kind of fell into, or is it something that you 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 know when you were sixteen, seventeen, eighteen? Is that something that you made a deliberate decision to kind of? I mean, my for myself, I literally left my UCAS forms till the day before, hadn't done them. Uh, the girlfriend that I had at the time was like, "You better fill these in." Um, I I I think I got a B in law, or was on for a B at law and A level or something, and ended up. Uh, that, that's how random it was for me. Otherwise, who knows which direction I would have been going in. What about yourself? Uh, so it was always very clear, I think, that I'd end up doing maths. But um, what what did a, a big life event that happened to me, which sort of changed the course of my life hugely, was um, so my mum died when I was 16. And then my dad died like a couple of years later or three years later when I was 19. And that, um, it, it didn't change my educational path. Um, but what it did do was it really made me think, oh, my gosh, I really need to get a really good, secure job because I don't have any parents to support me anymore um, financially. So um, I, I jest about the going for the biggest salary job, but it was more of a necessity that from, from yeah. age 19 onwards, it was me, myself and I. And I, I've always had to do everything to look after myself. What so, a, yeah, what a yeah. I'm very fortunate. I, 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 we nearly lost my mum when I was 16. I had to move out the house in the in the GCSE. So, fortunate. It, it was very different. My mum had to live a very different life, and the world was never going to be the same for us after that. But for, fortunately, in our case, my mum survived um, a 24-hour last-minute operation, basically. Um, wow. Definitely one for another show. But I mean, you know, I, I was probably. You know, I was certainly more fortunate than you. I mean, what a time period to have to go through. Um, mm -hmm. When you look back at that now, is that kind of... Do you look Do you look back at that time and wonder how you did it, how you got through that spell? Was it, Do you sort of almost admire the 16 to 19-year-old self and go, wow, how did I actually get through that, that time period? Or, or do you look back at it and go, actually, I, I'm stronger now kind of thing? You know, I could go back if I had to do that again. I'd do it better now. Or do you look back and go, "Wow, I just couldn't go through that again." Um, I look back at it and think, look, well, it sort of depends if you're a glass half empty, glass half full kind of person. I look back at it and think, obviously, it was the most awful thing in the world to happen. And also, uh, not that there's a worse age to lose your parents, but you know, when you're a teenager and that's such an impressionable age where you can really like go off the rails. Or, or not um something guided me to like stay on course uh to get yeah. my a levels um i had i mean I, i'm from penzance in cornwall and um i live in hertfordshire now but um it, it's very different in cornwall like um people are really friendly and really look after you it's, it's different to the southeast um and um i had a lot of teachers looking out for me i had 
a lot of I had some really great friends and my friends parents like took me in and and became like my surrogate parents I also had a, a sister who was like 20 years older than me who sort of became this strange role of sister slash mum slash friends so yeah. I think it's 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 that having that support network around you which got me through it and and I always I almost thought um getting myself to university would would get me out of that life of of you know living at home from where, where my mum wasn't there anymore so I was almost like desperate to go away to university yeah. um and so yeah I I got through it just that sometimes it was scraping through it like I did all right with my A-levels but my, my dad died at the end of my first year of university and um I, I he died literally like two days before I was due to sit my final exams so they um said I didn't have to sit my exams and I got a condoned pass and and I knew I would have failed those exams had they not condoned me so I suppose my dad did a a bit of a favor for getting me through my first year of university but yes I think I can look back and think it's made me an incredibly incredibly strong independent person um like I don't rely on anyone apart from myself no well I mean the the courage and the drive that you've shown there you've obviously you know we can you know from researching your story myself and uh you know I'm massively interested I'm sure I'm sure everyone listening to this will be too um and you know, I'm interested in you know, you became a, an accountant, didn't you? Working in yeah. commercial finance. What was that like? Do you miss any aspects of that? You know, some, if someone was to come to you now and say, "I'm just about to go in and work commercial finance. I'm an accountant. What's it? What's it like? What would you say? And um, do, do you miss any aspects of it?" Uh, so I worked for like three main companies throughout. So I, I did the financy jobs for about 16 years. So I started at HSBC where I qualified. Uh, so I got some nice banking experience. Then I went to Tesco's um, for like five years. Incredible to work for a company like Tesco's, um, you know, one of the biggest companies in the world. Certainly at the time when I worked for them, they were on a huge growth path. And working yeah. in commercial finance as well, you're, you're at the front end of the business. Like You're there helping the business to make decisions about real commercial decisions yeah. that are that are making money for, for these companies. Um, Tesco's were very hard to work for, though. They certainly took their pound of flesh um they they paid paid you well but you had to work very very hard um and then I ended up sort of the last section of my career working for um EE so in mobile phones so um all very big companies um and it was something I've always struggled with in my um sort of corporate career um something which I don't have now that I'm self-employed is um I got bored very easily in these sort of corporate jobs and, and, you know, big companies like Tesco's and EE, they want you to stay in a job for like a couple of years. And after like, I'd been doing it for six months, I'd be like, right, I've, I've, I've fixed everything now. Like what next? Yeah. I'm bored. And that created problems in itself because, um, yeah, being bored in a job for me just meant that I wasn't that motivated in the job. So I moved around quite a few jobs. Like the companies generally were, pretty good at pushing me around you know every sort of 12 to 18 months um but um so did I enjoy I'm I'm really glad I'm not doing it anymore because (laughs) it it, it, 
I've, I've got this conflict that I've, I experienced for a lot of my life where because of my background and because of what happened to my parents, I always wanted this sort of stable career that paid me really well. And then, you know, all the trappings of life come with that. So then I almost got sort of caught in this life of, oh, my God, I've, I've got to earn like 60 grand a year to ensure that the mortgage is paid and and then I started having children and then I got even more sort of trapped in it so um I almost stayed doing and the invoices really flow yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and um so so I could look back and think it, it served its purpose for 16 years do I miss anything about it I suppose I miss some of the people I worked with not all of them, but all, all the lovely people I worked with, I'm still mates with. So, so yeah, I don't, don't really miss anything about it. Do you miss any I... certainty? Do you miss the certainty? Do you miss the cert- when you're working for an organisation? I mean, I think people are, are maybe a bit misguided on this. I think when you're working for an organisation like Tesco or HSBC, you almost think that they're invincible. I mean, you look at someone like Lehman Brothers, actually, I think the turnover yeah. of Lehman Brothers, you to add it all up is over a trillion and they went under. So actually no company is safe, but you almost think that those kind of organizations are going to go on forever. So I suppose mm. you've got certainty of your pay slip once you've been there a couple of years, you've got the certainty of, of your employment law rights and so forth. Do, do you miss any of that yeah. certainty? Um, I, I do. So um, I never used to worry about money. Um, because I knew that it, we say it's a guaranteed paycheck. It is pretty much a guaranteed paycheck, isn't it? Or a bonus was coming in um, every six months or whatever to to pay off that credit card balance that you that I'd built up in the meantime. Um, so yeah, I I really do miss that certainty. And I've been self-employed now for five years, and um, I stress about money every day literally every day it's on my mind so yeah that's probably the biggest thing I miss what was the moment or like breakthrough you know you've got this you know look at the achievement you've made you know you've had a a a a, a background a time period 16 to 20 where if you wanted to go off the rails you've got every excuse going um you've actually gone through university achieved loads of stuff career-wise you're working for you know, enormous multinationals. Um, when's the moment or breakthrough when you go, no, enough, I'm going to set up my own business and I'm going to um, eventually, I know you didn't leave straight away, but I'm going to eventually leave my job to, to focus on Mrs. Mummy Penny full time. Yeah, so um, I've got three boys. Uh, they are 12, 10 and 7 now. Um, but um, when I was on maternity leave with my third child, Jack, so what were we talking, seven years ago, yeah, he, after he'd been born, um, by the time you have your third child, you sort of know what you're doing. So I, <laughs> I, had, <laughs> I had this, like, really long yeah, period. Of ten- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I got really bored on my maternity leave. So um, and one of the roles I'd been doing... Yeah, no, the role I was doing before my maternity leave, sorry, was I was like the sort of marketing um, sort of commercial business partner. So when marketing wanted to come along and say, oh, we want to spend £100,000 paying a YouTuber to produce a video, I'd be on the other side saying, oh, hang on, let's work out the return on income of this and, and sort of signing off the budget. Um, and um, that, that is a specific scenario, something which I, I worked with. Um, and that also you got that light bulb of what 
are you paying a YouTuber a hundred thousand pounds to produce? Yeah, I mean, if you want to go to any of your contacts and if you want to go to the old contacts, I can send you my bank details. You know, a hundred thousand pounds. You know, get me out of bed. So, you know, I can I can do the odd show for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be amazing, wouldn't it? But um, yeah, not a bad so... affiliate partnership to have. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but but the job I was doing, it, it just brought this world to me of the possibility of affiliate relationships and sponsored work, and I just because because seven years ago, the sort of world of you know blogs and Instagram and all it wasn't really that big. People weren't making that much money out of it, apart from those two in, those two Instagram boys that we paid a hundred grand to. But um. So, so yeah, that sort of sparked an idea. And then when I was off on maternity leave, I was literally like, I'm bored. Let's just set up a website. Because I've, I'd spent my entire adult life being quite obsessed with money. Um, I'd always been the person people would come to to get advice on how to save money, deals, um, you know, household bills, how to save on that. I had loads of people that I helped out who had debt that just needed like oh my god I just don't know what to do and and I would sort of you know help them go through it and come up with a plan on how to pay it off so so literally it was just one day I'm gonna set up a website and I'm gonna put this content out there so I um came up with the net the first thing I did was come up with the name with um one of my friends who's an absolute marketing guru who's still one of my best friends now um we sat with a bottle of wine came up with the name Mrs Mummy Penny literally the next day I bought the domain name got the Facebook account and um the Twitter and and I just sort of went for it when I was on maternity leave um but um it was just a hobby like I I didn't really have much of a I, I suppose I always knew that there was nobody else really doing it um so I knew that it, it would it could have legs one day it could be something I could turn into a business but it didn't earn me any money so I had to go back to work okay and then how did you actually start the business and grow the business so when do you actually go right I'm actually leaving work now mm. what you know you actually handed your notice in um you know how how did you actually start that and then how did you grow it yeah it's quite an interesting story of um politics in an organization so um so i went back to ee um and i went back to the same job but i had a different boss and i just didn't really want to be there anymore so i got a different job at ee and the job i was doing was um so ee has a big franchise element a lot of their stores are owned by franchisees so i was like the sort of commercial um business person um supporting the relationship with the franchisees so I'd be the one that say right if you've sold an iPhone we will pay you 500 quid or whatever for selling that iPhone and um, it was the most difficult job in the world oh my gosh because franchisees are incredibly they're amazing people they're so clever and they really knew how to negotiate really well um, and I was the person saying to them oh you can be paid x or y so I was in a really difficult position with these franchisees right. So it was a really stressful job um, and um, I had a, a boss who was a female uh, but she was a she was a female boss that she didn't have a family she almost she wanted to be like in the man's world of um, telco and um, she I remember sitting in a meeting once with her where I was really stressed out about this job um, I was having to commute into London in uh, four days out of five like three young kids at home and I was crying I was really upset like 
I just I just don't think I can do this job with my family and she just looked at me and said well face facts Lynn you just need to make a decision you choose your career or you choose your family wow literally so I was a bit like ah, okay um and and in in sort of shock of right if somebody's going to force me into this decision um I uh ended up negotiating redundancy <laughs> out of EE um, yeah. and, and, and use that as a, as a sort of example of somebody's going to force me into making that decision. I'm choosing my family, but I'm not going without you giving me some money to go. Uh, and it took me a very long time to negotiate it, but I eventually got it in 2015. So um, that, and I'd have worked for them for five years. I was on a fairly high salary with them. So it gave me like quite a nice chunk of money to be the absolute gift to start my business so I think I and all, all these I'm, I'm, as as readers will know if they look at my website I'm not I'm not shy about talking about numbers and no. so I went I walked away with about 40,000 pounds uh not one thought went into oh I should oh, put that into the mortgage <laughs> yeah. it was it was literally I write this is my opportunity this is yeah. how Mrs. Mummy Penny's gonna launch and um yeah, her bad, her bad. Your boss is bad attitude. Your your boss is uh, your boss could do is spend some time with me and my 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 colleagues. I suspect, but you know, integration. If you like, it's I don't believe in work life balance anymore because I just it's a seesaw, which yeah, and it shouldn't really be a seesaw because actually it's a priority. If I used to think your family come first, and I think that's wrong. You come first because mm. actually, if you're not you're right in in like top state if you're not at your then they're not going to get the best of you you then know they're not getting the best and that then causes its own issues and then how do you then go into your career and be the best that you can be at that either so i think it's more of an integration for me but what a gift in that her attitude and mm. then you obviously accountant sounds like you're a bloody good lawyer to be fair um, <laughs> negotiating your redundancy what a gift and opportunity and what bravery you showed to like you say you didn't just live off it for a bit or put it into a savings account you decided to 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 go um you know I'd, would it be fair to say follow your dream or, or certainly follow that that the dream at the time yeah absolutely because something that always really frustrated me about my corporate career was I've always had this thing about wanting to make a difference to people's lives um and I never really knew how to do it so you know when I was working for Tesco's all I was doing was making more money for the shareholders basically um I wasn't really helping people so I'd, I'd sort of throw myself into all these projects of like mentoring people and you know looking after the um apprentices or the graduates to try and you know build up this making a difference to people thing and it, I just never got the satisfaction from it so um what uh what my business does now is it literally the messages I get on a daily basis from people just saying reading your story has literally made me take my head out of the sand I've added up all my debts I've read some more of your content I've got a bit of a plan of how I'm going to pay it off I am literally making a difference to people's lives every day it's just the most like incredible feeling um that that the corporate world never did so um so yeah no absolutely it was it was a gift from that woman (laughs) who shall remain nameless for fear of being sued but um she um yeah gave me the gift I I almost want to send her a message just to say thanks (laughs) for your attitude um 
but um but yeah so i um put your customers first that's it you know you you, you can put your your if you can put your customers your your clients first then the value and everything else will flow will flow from that um i'm really interested when you're going through that that spell something i've had multiple times in the last decade that sometimes i've dealt with it a lot better than others how did you overcome the sort of negative self-talk and limiting beliefs because there must have been there, there has to have been some level of fear um yeah, I, yeah. I don't from what i know about you from talking to you i don't imagine you're the type to bury your head in the sand and just ignore the fear necessarily so you know you, as you say you've you've left a high paid job with great job security you've got kids um you've got the mortgage you've probably got used to a certain standard of living i imagine mm, yeah. um you know from your background as well you know yeah. um you know having lost your parents has got to be an element of wanting to live for the day i imagine um certainly i would probably, yeah. i yeah. sort of feel like that um how but the fear and it's it, you're on your own all of a sudden you haven't got all the, the shareholders you haven't got the ceo you haven't got the the direction you haven't got the team around you how did you overcome sort of what i call negative self-talk limiting beliefs yeah so um so in the early days so go back to 2015 so i like made this decision um and i had i'm gonna say like a handful like five people um who were just like this is the best decision you could ever make lynn and we are going to do everything we can to support you so um one of them was my marketing expert friend who helped me come up with the name i had another one who's a real like digital it whiz who's good at search engine optimization and all those technical things i had another guy who was my boss a few years before who was just a good you know life uh, strategy planner can like rip your business apart and and tell you just a, just a great strategy he's now like a, a global director of, of a huge like russian company and he still helps me now and then a couple of my franchisees as well who these like millionaire franchisee guys they said to me you ever need any help we'll meet up for a coffee and we'll just give you an hour of our time to help you so it's like, i just felt this like of this feeling of just support around me of it's almost like if I had any question of what to do with my business I just had the right people surrounding me guiding me all for free as well it's just people wanting me to be successful so I have to credit those people that must be a, that must have been like I mean that must that's amazing to say I mean it must that must be a return on the love and support you've given everybody else you know um I, yeah. I, I, that, most people would just without making you blush i don't think most people would just gift that to someone unless they've been you know receiving that and and getting that level of rapport and also what a great lesson in terms of resourcefulness like like think how many people that you may know even loosely through work who actually i i, I don't know whether ask would be the right word but certainly they might be willing to provide such unbelievable guidance and like you said for free yeah yeah it was it was amazing and it um See, I, what you said about uh, living for the moment as well there is a huge part of me which is like oh my gosh I've just been given 40,000 pounds what can I blow that money on and um, I did blow quite a lot of the money um, I think we had like we took the kids away so I should refer to my, I, I was married um, I'm now divorced um, or I will be in a couple of weeks time anyway um, and um 
we so we took the boys away to Spain and spent like five grand on that. We also went to Las Vegas with some friends and spent another five grand on that. I went straight to Prada and bought a handbag. Um, so I did cane quite a chunk of the money, um, but then the rest of the money, once once these five angels had like got their hooks into me and were like, you really need to calm down and conserve some money. Then, then you start to sort of listen, but, but yeah, there's a huge tendency from me to think when I've um, got a load of money to live for the moment because yeah, you never know what will happen. So I'm, I'm constantly trying to balance providing money for the future as well as having a great time now. But um, yeah. uh, So, so then I was left with um, a chunk of money, which, um, so my business didn't cost very much to set up because it's an online business um, and and I set it up as cheaply as possible because I had all these people helping me um, so literally I just had to get my business earning money not as quickly as possible because I think you have to be dang- careful with online businesses that you don't make them earn money too early because you might say yes to the wrong type of jobs you've always got to be thinking about the future um, and, and yeah that money paid the mortgage and the bills whilst I was building up the business to a point where it was earning enough on a monthly basis and I had I had a sort of a time limit of about 18 months which I gave myself that I knew the money would last for um the money did run out and I did use had to use credit cards for a little bit because I knew like you know you have that tipping point of, and where you get to that sort of self-doubt bit as well about 18 months in I was literally like I've run out of money my business isn't earning enough money on a monthly basis what on earth do I do um and um I remember meeting with a different friend who's a hypnotherapist and um she'd been with me for the whole, the whole journey and she sort of said to me um you're on the cusp of something really big happening you can't give up on your dream now or you can't split yourself two ways like I could have gone out and got a job but then I would have lost the focus on you know Mrs Mummy Penny that I've been building up for 18 months so she literally said to me just make a decision one thing or the other give up completely on Mrs Mummy Penny and go for the job or just go full steam into Mrs Mummy Penny and that was almost like the the fire I needed which um made the business work and literally within a couple of months it was earning enough on a monthly basis so yeah it's amazing brilliant so <laughs> we're going through a period of great uncertainty at the moment due to you know the coronavirus and um, understandably people are fearing for the jobs there's so many families losing income right now whether that be on uh, ssp and um, particularly the self-employed um zero hours contracts there's loads of families now being split because one half of the family might be key workers the other half of the family might be having to take time off work to look after the kids if the kids won't can't go into the school and we've got the uncertainty as to how long this may or may not last um what would you advise be to families now in terms of um, managing that that monthly money and budget and looking ahead to the next two three months yeah you literally have to go into like lockdown mode with your money um so there's I, I wrote a blog post about this last week that I put out which is literally you have there's certain sections of your financial life that you need to look at right now um and that is from things like all the discretionary spend on little things that you don't need 
it just has to stop buying clothes, buying coffees. And I know a lot of that stuff is going to have to stop because it's quite difficult to go to restaurants and pubs and stuff now. But yeah, anything the Amazon purchases, it has to stop because you have to start conserving cash um, and build up. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't have an emergency fund. Uh, like it's around 25% of the population and don't have any like emergency money set aside whatsoever. If you have great, then you're you're hopefully going to ride through this. I mean, we don't know how long it's going to go on for, but um, so yeah, conserve cash, um, and and there's lots of little things you can do to to create some money as well. Like I I checked my um, energy accounts um, on Monday and I had like a hundred pound credit in it, so I got that switched out into my bank account. Um, I use cashback accounts quite a bit for any sort of online purchase. I had some money sat in there, which I made sure I switched out. And it's, it's like grabbing all of that cash the, that you possibly can and moving it into your own bank account. I've got like a coin jar sat downstairs, probably with 50 quid in it. Count it up and like take it to the bank whilst we still can. So all those sort of little things to make money. And, and also um, you can make a really big difference to your monthly bills by checking you're on the best deal for everything. And that's not necessarily going to make you any money, but it's going to save you a lot of money. Like if you haven't switched your energy for more than a year, then you will probably be able to get a better deal on your energy. Energy is at its lowest cost at the moment for a long time. So that could generate an extra £50 a month. Um, your broadband, your, your mobile phones, all of these things can be switched to a better deal if you haven't looked at them for a while. If you're anything like me, though, which I switch mine every year, like on the dot, it's quite hard for me to save money on my bills, but a lot of people can. So that And that's going to save money now and sort of going forward. So it, it's a real, like... We've got this extra time at home, so it's almost like the perfect time to just sit down for an hour and just have a good look through your regular monthly bills and seeing where you can save some money because, yeah, everything. We just It's just the uncertainty, isn't it? And as soon as there's any uncertainty, you just need to conserve as much cash as possible. Like I'm not, I've stopped all of my um, savings, um, literally every extra I've got. I used to have all these different pots where my money would go into like ISA, pension, um, holiday fund. Um, I had a fund spending fund and, and all my money now, there's a bills fund that has to come to a certain amount each month. Everything else just goes off into the emergency fund. So, yeah. Totally. Well, I think it's hard because some people might look and go, well, what's the point of me cancelling that subscription? Because that subscription is, uh, I like it, but I don't. It's twelve quid. But I suppose your point is that the twelve quid's here, uh, the two pound a day that you spend here. Uh, before you know it, if you add it all up and, and sort of cull it, yeah. as an example, not only can it add up to a lot that month, but if then you look at it over a three to four month period, you know, it, it could it be, could be hundreds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if um, oh, I just every time I think of just the the people that have lost their jobs that are now having to rely on like SSP at like £93 a week or it, it's just I just don't I just don't know how people are gonna gonna cope um another thing I'm doing which um is it almost goes against some of the stuff I've written about in the past so I, I had a lot of debt uh so when I when I mentioned um that, um, so I had that redundancy money, but there was a period of time, a couple of months or three or four months when my business wasn't earning enough. So I ended up relying on credit cards. 
Um, and I built up like a £16,000 credit card debt in 2017 and paid it all off by 2019. Um, and I said I would never get back into debt again. But what I'm actually doing now, um, because I'm very conscious that I need to have this liquid fund is I've got a 0% purchases credit card that I'm just using to buy, you know, like groceries and petrol and don't really need petrol because not really driving anywhere but certainly food just so I know that I've got that little bit building up on a it's not costing me anything because it's all zero percent purchases but it just means that I'm keeping the cash in my bank account because the mortgage it has to be paid um putting food on a credit card for a few months that's at least sort of so it's this like it's a juggling of cash flow for the next few months because no matter whether you're a business or a person, cash is king. You have to manage your liquidity. And um, I think um, talking to a few of the clients I work with, it's going to become more difficult to like borrow money going forward um, as people's financial situations change. So it's almost like if you can get a 0% credit card now, make sure you get it. I was on that subject, I was reading in, uh... I think the report goes back to December. Um, debts excluding mortgages are on the rise in the UK. Um, you know, credit cards, personal loans. I think it hit 119 billion um, in, from March 18 onwards. And the average household uh, financial debt is a, a just under 10,000 pound. Now, mm. it's not the actual debt and the money that I'm interested in asking you about, really. Um, what's your advice to people from a mentality point of view? Um, because that can put a lot of anxiety and depression on people. I know a lot of people that even if they're servicing loans, they just they're so upset in a way that they've got it. They wish they didn't have it. They almost feel like it's something hanging over them, almost like mm-hmm. the grim reaper, if you like. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who just don't know if they're ever going to get out of it. Especially now, they're now panicking on what's going to happen. What's your advice to people in terms of that? You know, you said yourself at the start. I think about money every day. You, I, I, I suspect. 99% of the time we'll be looking at that in a healthy way so what's your advice to people who it may be going the other way and it's causing anxiety and depression um so there was there was a point in my life where um I was I was struggling really hard men- mental health wise with the amount of debt I had so um I so when I finally took my head out of the sand and realised I had this £16,000 worth of debt, it was April, I remember. It was just after my 40th birthday. And um, I'd just come back from Las Vegas and, like, caned a load of money on a holiday to Las Vegas. And then I'm like, oh, my, why have I done this? Because now I've got, like, £16,000 worth of debt to pay back. Um, I, um, I, I had a conversation with a friend who um she's another money writer and she's completely non-judgmental um she just sort of helped me to rationalize that that debt needed to be paid back because I'll be honest with you most of my life I've just had debt after debt after debt and I've just just moved one zero percent card to another I've, I've just had debt I've never even thought that it needed to be paid back um bad education as a as a teenager there but um she she just sort of helped me realize that no that money wasn't mine it sounds really ridiculous to say it like that I was having this conversation as a 40 year old and also I'm a writer a personal finance writer as well but um yeah. so yeah 
so, so it, but it, but it's the mind. It's, it's, it's the mind shift you need to make to, to pay, to pay debt back. So, um, yeah, we, um, we, we, as I've already said about the rationalization process of your bills, went through all of that, that freed up a load of money, um, and, and just came up with a bit of a, a plan to, to pay off the money. But then, um, summer holidays hit like a couple of months later and, um, like the mum guilt hit me and I was like, Oh, I need to take my children on holiday. And I just couldn't cope with the fact that, you know, cause when I, I, in, in the April, I'd made this decision to pay back this debt and to switch my life into an incredibly frugal life. And then summer hit me and, and I just lost the plot and, and we went on holiday and we spent a load of money. And then my, I'd paid off some debt and then it went backwards. And that was the real point of a mental health low of, I don't think I can pay this back. It feels like too much money. Um, it, it wasn't stacking up loads of interest because it was, a, it, most of it was on 0% for you know, a period of time. But I just remember thinking, I can't pay it back. Or if I'm paying it back at like a hundred pounds or 200 pounds a month, it's going to take me like six years to pay it yeah. back. And it just, it, it took me to a very low place. But I think when that happens, that's when you need to like reach out to, a person or people that can help you get through it because I think fundamentally you've just got to come up with a plan and if that plan is 200 pounds a month to pay off a 16 grand debt then that is your plan um, and you just keep doing that 200 pounds each month if you get a little bit extra um, through I don't know selling a load of stuff on eBay or um, adding up all the coins in the coin jar make sure that extra bit of money you've earned goes into that debt and track your progress um celebrate every time you, you get celebrate when you get to like fifteen thousand, nice round number celebrate when you get to four figures rather than five yeah. figures something that really really helped me was um instagram because there's this huge community on instagram that are all like on their debt free journeys um, they're not debt free they're just on the journey to getting debt free and the amount of support you get from people just putting a message out saying oh I've managed to get my debt below 10,000 it really like motivates you on because I think you've got to follow that plan and and tr try to get yourself out of that dark place because um what how how my mind works when I end up in a dark place I just go and spend money and then yep. you're just going backwards because so, you've got the whole emotional spending linked into it as well. So. Totally. I think, yeah, wh whether it's finances or whatever area of your life it is, I think if you can get the right people together and get the right plan, you know, because if you want to walk east looking for a sunset, you can work as hard as you want. You ain't seeing one. Um, but as long as you know you've got the right plan, um, the minute, like you've just said, the, f the first couple of steps that you make, you don't have to achieve the full goal. You don't have yeah. to pay all of that off because the minute you start chipping away at it, you've got the positivity, you've got the kind of yeah. um, progress, if you like. So, I, yeah, I completely agree. If you can get the right people around you to put the right plan together and then you have um, a yeah. real positive motivation to stick to that, yeah. and that's probably the key thing, um, and you understand that it's not going to be linear. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's losing weight, finances, whatever. There's always going to be hurdles. There's always going to be the odd knockback. As long yeah. as you I'm on this path, I'm not coming off this road. I might have to zigzag a bit, but I'm not actually going to come off it. And um, then, yeah, all of a sudden, your mental health can change on some, on, mm. on whether it be finances or anything else. Um, I also wanted to pick your brains on a recent poll by Santander. 
Um, they were saying that 81% of 11 to 18 year olds are unable to name a single female entrepreneur. Um, over six and ten um, of girls aged 11 to 18 have never thought about starting their own business. And the reason cited was they don't know anything about how to begin. Um, why is this and what can be done to change that perception? Oh, that's a good question. And that's a really shocking result from a poll. Um, I think we are, we're getting better as a media community um, at supporting women um, and certainly, this is probably a bit of a token thing there as well, I think, whenever I'm doing, say, a panel talk on money, there will now be a a good split of women and men. I think the finance world in particular sort of entrepreneurial wise realized that um, there wasn't enough women in the industry and the impact of that was it was meaning that um, not enough women out there were like investing money and sorting out their pensions and stuff so you need to get women talking about it to get women actually taking action but um, yeah I just think we need more positive role models out there that are prepared to share their honest story and um vulnerability let's talk about vulnerability i think it's really really important to share um with everybody like your honesty of where things have have gone wrong and where things have gone right and and just show to prove to people that like as you said earlier life does go wrong sometimes you get these huge barriers that come along that could completely floor you but or you can just use them to make you stronger and I think the more and more people like me can can talk about these things and and inspire people because I I, I really do think and I, I try to install this in my children who I know are boys it's such a shame I haven't got a daughter um but they can do anything and if you're incredibly passionate about something um then absolutely you start a business doing it because if you're passionate about something that's going to like get you through that's going to be a successful business and that's just surrounding yourself with the right people that can help with the other stuff that you can't do but yeah we need more positive role models here here i'm all for that um i want to thank you so much you've been absolutely amazing company and um, that's it for this week everyone thank you uh, to lynn for being such a fantastic guest um, you can hear more from lynn and i would recommend it so highly it's unbelievable it's www.mrsmummypenny.co.uk please check it out um, it is it is absolutely brilliant some great content on there um, in the meantime Please share and spread the word about the MLC show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please hit us with a five-star review. And remember to check out the products and services at mylegalclub.co.uk. And stay well, everyone, and please take care. The Business Services Club is a unique business-to-business brokerage. When you need a service for your business or you want to compare your existing business, get in touch for free and no-obligation quotes. We have created a specialist panel of commercial partners to support your every business need. We will provide you with free and no obligation quotes via the free to access business services club. As an example, you may need EL, PL or professional indemnity insurance quotes, forensic accountants, self-employed bookkeeping, funding, working capital, interest only lending with no personal guarantees, employment and HR support, web development, training, legal advice or even online marketing. 
No matter what you and your business require, we will meet your needs. Free up precious time researching and analysing new or existing outsourced partners via our one-stop business solution. See how we can help you and your business via businessservicesclub.co.uk.